friends, welcome back to the podcast. If you don't know me, my name is Brandon, and uh, we are into episode number six, and <laughs> I've got my dog in here, and she is, she was fine while I was setting everything up. Everything's moving, and now all of a sudden, now's the moment she wants to, uh, Wine. I'm not sure if you can hear her, but she's moving around. <laughs> but either way, welcome back to the podcast. I'm so glad that you have found yourself here. Like I said, my name is Brandon. I'm uh, an Enneagram coach and teacher. And um, the idea of this podcast is to be a short-formed um, podcast to give you some tips and tools uh, to move about your day and your week uh, to better uh, have have a better relationship with those around you, the world around you, and yourself. And today, um, it's going to be slightly different. Uh, I don't know that I have specific tools or tips, but uh, I really want to share this with you. And today, I want to talk about story, uh, the idea as a whole. And last week, we we were talking about um, self observation, and then next week we'll we'll. Uh, We'll get back to another round of self-observation. But this week I want to talk about story, and I want to pose this statement to you. If we can't self-observe, then we cannot self-correct. When we see a good movie or we read a good book, um, there are specific elements that pull us into, um, into that story. There's usually mainly a hero or a main character that responds to a question that's asked, and that question is most likely, can she do it? Can she overcome? Can she conquer the thing that needs to be conquered? Does she have, um, does she have what it takes to make it through? And obviously, as we know, we've all read great books or seen great movies. Um, Inevitably, the story comes to some climactic scene where our hero, um, with the help of a guide normally, faces the, their obstacle and they conquer it, at least most of the time they do. A story where the hero just shows up on the scene with no struggle, no hardship, no turmoil, and just vanquishes their foe without any effort isn't really all that interesting to us because. Um, it just isn't. I mean, think about sitting down to dinner with your friends and sharing a story where you show up in a situation and take care of it and nothing happens. It's like, well, I kind of wanted to see some sort of struggle. It makes the story more interesting. And the reason it is is because that's just part of the human condition. Not one of us have never struggled. No matter what life throws at you, whether you've got all of your financial needs met or you have a dream job or your relationship is great, there's some sort of struggle that we've all experienced in life. We all have a similar question that's posed to each of us. Do I have or do you have what it takes to quell the demons that we all have? Or will the demons win? That's that's the question, right? And that's the thing that, that makes our story or the hero's story interesting is because of the tension. The tension is what brings depth, life. 
the ability to see the good in life. That tension is what brings interest into our story. We are doing our ourselves a disservice to ignore and avoid the parts of us and our story that are hard and painful. The losses, the failures, whether they're perceived or real, the broken relationships, the bad decisions, that time that you lost all that money, or maybe you closed a business, or how about this one? This is a, this is a good one. Uh, this, one's, this one's for me, if any of you know me. How about that time when that thing you've been working on for years, that passion, or that calling, and all of a sudden it disappears, it's yanked away from you, and you are left with a humongous question, that also terrifying question, who am I? In order for your story to matter, in order for you to matter, in order for me to matter, you must embrace the wholeness of your story. Father Richard Rohr, um, or as a, a comedian, his name is Pete Holmes, um, he references Richard Rohr or calls him Richie Rohr. We're not, Richard and I are not on that, that same basis. Um, but according to Richard Rohr, everything belongs. All of it. Everything that you bring to the table, the things that you like and the things that you don't, they all belong. The loss, the abandonment, the brokenness, the lies, the joy, the gifts, the sadness, the things that have been given, and the things that have been taken away. I have a little app on my phone that gives me motivational quotes about 15 times a day. That's what that noise was. I'm, I'm reading my notes from my phone for those of you that aren't watching. Um... In uh, Chris Hewitt's book, The Enneagram of Belonging, he says, When we abandon parts of ourselves in an effort to make a break from our desired identity, we further our own fragmentation. I'm going to read that quote again because I love it so much. The Enneagram, um, I'm sorry, when we, when we abandon parts of ourselves in an effort to make a break from our desired identity, we further our own fragmentation. Hewitt's uh, continues a few few pages later um, and quotes a guy named Howard Thurman. He says, There is something in every one of you that waits and listens for the sound of the genuine in yourself. It is the only true guide you will ever have. And if you cannot hear it, you will, all of your life, spend your days on the ends of strings that somebody else pulls. Our stories can be so easily hijacked by what we perceive to be true or hijacked by an old narrative that's running through our heads. We believe that what we see is actually what's happening. But when we're able to pause, and I mean like really investigate our lives and our situations, our relationships that we find ourselves in, we begin to realize how much we are actually bringing to the table. We perceive things the, not as they are, but as we are. The Enneagram helps us understand and accept 
what Thomas Merton calls the true self and the false self. And both of those selves belong. All of it belongs. Are you getting a theme here? We are doing ourselves great harm by rejecting and refusing to learn from the parts of ourselves we dislike the most. Even the parts we perceive are flawed. I'm going to say that one more time. We are doing ourselves great harm by rejecting and refusing to learn from the parts of ourselves we dislike the most. Even the parts we perceive are flawed. It all belongs. That's another adaptation from, from Chris Hewitt's. I'll give you one more quote. Uh, this one's from that, the Enneagram of Belonging. If there is any part of ourselves that we can't or won't make room for, if any part doesn't belong, then the truth is no part fully belongs. See, as our hero makes her way through her journey, through her story, we are watching it unfold and reference whatever your favorite book or movie is here, whoever that, that main character or hero is. But as she makes her way through her story, no matter what, before the big battle or that giant conversation or the dangerous trek, she has to go into the darkest parts of her story. She has to. There's no way around it. That's what brings us in. Because we, we have that connection, the human connection of going, does she have what it takes? And then you transfer that into yourself. Do I have what it takes to make it through? They have to face the part of the past that's unresolved that's scary, that's dark, that's painful, and it has to be addressed. Then she goes on to win the day. That's the hero's story. That is my story. That is your story. My dream and my hope for you is that you can begin to acknowledge the parts of your story you don't like. That's what I'm hoping we can do together. In order to become your most full and authentic self, my job is to help you do that. Let's break the cycle of lies that we each believe about ourselves because there are lies we each believe. Let's stop living in a self-imposed exile. Let's welcome your whole self home. Until we do that, the unconscious behaviors that live in each of us are in the driver's seat. And we are at the mercy of their sense of direction. I don't know where you find yourself in the hero's journey or in your story. Maybe you're just waking up to recognize and understand uh, the unconscious cycles that you live in. And maybe they feel unconscious, but maybe they're a little bit more conscious than you realize. That cycle that you find yourself in, that argument that keeps happening, the conversation that just seems to go on and on day after day. Those are subconscious patterns and behaviors that we all have. It's just a matter of, are you willing to put in the work? 
to figure out that pattern. And that's what I believe the Enneagram helps us do, is we find those unconscious motivations and behaviors, those vices that kind of drag us down. Before we go, before we end our time together, I want to read you nine lies that... Um, uh, these are... I, I pulled these from um, Ian Cron. Uh, I think he's just a really smart guy. and. Um, I try to uh, pull information from smart people. That's my hope and goal. But these are the, the nine lies that each type believes and basically the unconscious motivators that push everything that we do. Everything. So our type one friends. The lie that you believe every day. To be loved and good, I must perfect myself others, and the world, and never make mistakes. We'll expand more on these later. I'm going to move through these because we're going to be running short on time. Type 2, you believe to be loved and appreciated. I have to help meet the needs of others while denying my own. Type 3, people only value others for what they do not for who they are inside, and I must avoid failure at all costs. To be uh, top, type four, to be loved and seen and not abandoned, I must be special and unique. Type five, to be safe in the world, I must accrue as much knowledge and information as possible, defend off feelings of ineptitude. Type six, to be safe in the world, I must think about and plan for the worst and look to outside authorities for, for help to help me make decisions because I don't fundamentally trust my own ability to make those decisions. Type 7. In order to feel safe in the world, I must avoid painful feelings and situations by thinking and planning a future filled with unlimited possibilities and fun. Type 8. In order to remain in control and safe in a hostile world, I must present and assert strength and power over the environment and others to mask vulnerability and weakness. And my fellow Type 9s. To be loved and to maintain a saint's sense of internal and external peace, I must avoid conflict and merge with the agendas of others. I don't know where you find yourself in your journey or in the hero story. But I hope that uh, the Enneagram will help you do um, just that. Find where you are and then help us move forward. If you have any questions, as always, email me, Brandon, at aimandanchorcoaching.com or go to the website, aimandanchorcoaching.com. Just click on that button in the top right corner and we can chat. And uh, I would love to be able to help you out. I hope this finds you well. I know 2020 is a wild and crazy place. Uh, in order to start fixing some of the things that are systemic in our society right now, we must first ask the question of ourselves: Who am I? What do I believe? What do I stand for? And then how do we move forward? Like I always say at the end of every podcast, be well, 
Treat each other with kindness. Give yourself a break. Grace and peace, everybody. And as always, if you don't know what's holding you back, how can you really move forward? Goodbye.